it's time to relax. You know what that means. It's time for the show where it's always white boy day. This is the original Janksters podcast. I'm Kevin Jank. I'm eating a cupcake, Peter Jank. <laughs> yeah, get that cupcake in you. Uh-huh. <laughs> All I hear is rappers, and not the good kind, like Run DMC. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have to edit all that out now. <laughs> oh, that cupcake looks amazing, though. But anyway, we're back again. It um, we've got amazing. a brand, brand new episode here. Um, I'm going to make it a little bit of an announcement here uh, that Kevin is pregnant. We were supposed to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm now watching you eat that cupcake for two. Yum, yum, uh, so we were supposed to be starting the uh, watch of the Aliens franchise coming up soon here. Uh, we we're going to do one more palate cleanser this week and then kind of get into the Aliens movies as starting next week. <laughs> that is no longer the case. <laughs> nope. So I'm sorry to anyone who is highly anticipating that because uh, it's just not going to happen. Um, at um, least for now, I think I mean, I'm. It was very, very fun, and I liked doing it, but I, I, for some reason, it's like a, a nice breath of fresh air. I like mm-hmm. trying to find movies that you haven't seen, and maybe it's vice versa as well. Yes, but very much so. It's fun to kind of just, like, take a movie that I've never seen and just kind of, like, break it down into small little tiddly bits, uh, whether I've seen it or not. And watching a whole series, I think, is fine, but it could be very overwhelming. It's also very redundant as well, because then you're just talking about the same <laughs> characters, through different scenarios yeah. and stuff. Granted, especially with, I mean, sometimes like Friday the 13th, where you're just like, oh God, he's killing people again. Like, <laughs> I like these movies individually, but watching them week in and week out, it just kind of gets old. It does. And I'm, I'm kind of glad we're going in this direction, at least for now. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but um, and this we've got does, ideas. I mean, we, we can still do franchises. Uh, the way I'm looking at it for now is that you don't necessarily have to do a whole franchise. If I, you know, really wanted you to watch something, I could be like, all right, for my pick, I'm going to pick Alien. And then my next pick, I'll pick Aliens. <laughs> and we could do it kind of that way. So at least in between, we're getting the little mixture of, oh, then we get your pick for whatever you want to do. Right. And also this opens us up to not having to do the entire franchise if you don't want to. Also <laughs> like, true. I love the I love the first RoboCop, and I love RoboCop 2, but RoboCop 3 sucks, and the Whoa. reboot sucks. <laughs> Hold on now. I've only ever seen RoboCop 3. Don't know why I went straight to that one, but that's the only yeah. one I've ever seen. What a delight that, that like one was. like a bad idea. Fuck, he that's fucking doesn't flies. even have Peter Weller in it. <laughs> well, I don't... I can't tell you whether or not if that was him. All I know is that was fucking RoboCop, and he flew. <laughs> And that child in that movie was ridiculous, and that was great. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, now we don't have to necessarily watch the shitty ones if we don't want to. Or I we know what my pick next Robocop week will 3 be. If you really want to. <laughs> oh, God. Well, what well, did we choose so this week? This week, uh, it was my turn to pick, and I decided to go with 1993's True Romance. Yep. And Pete was very excited by the name alone. <laughs> nope. <laughs> this movie sounded awful from the get-go. Yeah, it's definitely one of those movies that I had heard about a lot on this um, 
podcast I listened to called the film vault. They would mention it from time to time. And like every time I just heard the name, I was like, that doesn't sound very good. That sounds like some kind of, you know, artsy fartsy romance thing, like the notebook or worse, like the English patient or something that's like all set in the 1800s or some bullshit, or it was going to be like some stupid romantic comedy. But little did I realize what exactly this movie really was. <laughs> I've learned that your taste of movies is very similar. What was that last movie we saw with uh, Batman? The new Batman. Uh, good time. Good time. That's this movie, just in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're not wrong. <laughs> I definitely do have a uh, a type of movie that I guess I I like. <laughs> yeah. I like crime movies. I like uh, people on the run movies. Um. They tend to work for me. But yeah, basically this movie, True Romance, uh, was written by Quentin Tarantino, not directed by him. Uh, It was directed by Tony Scott, who oddly enough is the brother of Ridley Scott, who directed Alien. (laughs) That is weird. So (laughs) at least we're talking about one of the Scott brothers. That's something. (laughs) We're doing it. Okay. <laughs> um, and basically, when I had first asked you if you'd seen this movie, I also asked if you'd seen uh, Natural Born Killers, which you had. Um, and basically, the the connection there is that not only were both of those movies based off of Quentin Tarantino scripts, but directed by somebody else, uh, they both actually started out as part of the same script. Oh, all right. Yeah, which kind of makes sense um, in a strange, strange way. Obviously, they're very different characters, um, but somewhat similar themes. Um, I guess what originally happened, the story goes, that back when Quentin was still just working in a video store, not yet actually being a filmmaker, um, his buddy at the video store had been trying to write some like comedy <laughs> about some uptight businessman being on the road with like a free-spirited woman or whatever. And he only got to about page 50 and kind of hit writer's block. And he's like, I don't know what I'm doing with this. (laughs) And Quentin was just kind of like, oh, hey, I'll take it and I'll finish it. And so he did. And he basically took that 50 pages, threw most of it out and turned it into this 500 page epic. Jesus. Called uh, The Open Road. Yeah, like a normal movie script, I guess, 120 pages. (laughs) This thing was 500 pages. Um. And basically, he realized, he, I'm probably going to split this up. I guess what that script kind of was, like a lot of it ended up getting changed and that kind of thing. But it was kind of basically this this story of Clarence in Alabama um, and then going on the run on the road and everything. But while they were on the road, Clarence would start writing a script that he was planning to sell. And that script that he was writing would be like Natural Born Killers. And oh. we would kind of see that movie you know, basically what was he, what he was seeing in his head for what that movie was going to turn into. That's interesting. That, that was yeah. a cool idea. Yeah. So it would have been probably very long at <laughs> 500 pages, but uh, it definitely didn't turn out that way. I guess Quentin had tried for a while, even before making Reservoir Dogs. Uh, he had tried to get this thing made and was just not having any luck. <laughs> uh, he did eventually find a, a company that wanted to do it, but then they, they couldn't find a director uh, until eventually he kind of became friends with Tony Scott and talked Tony Scott into doing it. Um, and so by the time this movie had come out, Quentin had already done Reservoir Dogs and he was working on Pulp Fiction. Uh, so he let you know Tony Scott kind of do it. And unlike Natural Born Killers, which Natural Born Killers, I guess, um, Oliver Stone pretty much took the script, but like changed a shit ton of it. (laughs) 
to the point where like Quentin doesn't even like, I think he just had like a story by credit in the movie. Like they threw out a lot of his script, like apparently and just went, did his own thing kind of with it. Uh, true romance on the other hand, I guess is very faithful to the actual script that Quentin Tarantino wrote other than the ending, which they changed from the original, uh, script. Huh? And I guess also in the original, you'll find this shocking, but apparently in the original, it was told much less linear. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no one would see that coming in a Tarantino movie. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. I wonder how that would have turned out then. Yeah, it sounds like they basically started out, I guess, with the same scene uh, where he's in the bar trying to pick up that girl and she's not having anything. Did you know when who that girl was? Credits, or do you know no. what other movie that chick's been in? I do not. She, she was, seems vaguely familiar. She was in the movie The Crow. She played uh, what's her uh, Sarah's mom. Oh yeah, this movie is full of like crazy '90s people. Just so <laughs> many characters. Even the guy, the really are. Elliot so guy, was in Langoliers. I was like, wow, yeah. I didn't even know that guy was in anything else. Oh shit! You don't even know his biggest roles, apparently. No. We'll get to him. He was he was great. <laughs> um. But yeah, then I guess it cuts to like it's, it goes right from that to the credits and then it goes to basically the part where they're at the dad's like trailer and they're kind of going on the run and you don't really know how he met Alabama or what's going on. And it just kind of continues from there. And eventually, by the time they meet up with Michael Rappaport, the buddy in L.A., then he kind of tells him the story of everything that happened. So by the third act, you're kind of all caught up. But I guess it's, you know, a little bit out of order <laughs> where huh. you don't find out exactly what happened until later on. You just kind of hear the secondhand stories of, Oh, Hey, yeah, this guy, we, <laughs> we have to go on the run for whatever reason, but I like it better the way they did it, where they actually tell the story in uh you know, like a linear fashion. I think yeah. that's a better way to go. Agreed. I agree with that. For sure. There, uh, there are some, uh, some links to other Tarantino movies though. Um, the Lee Donowitz, the guy who's like the movie producer yeah. who's trying to buy all the coke. Um, apparently he is the grandson of Sergeant Donowitz, AKA the bear Jew from Inglorious Bastards. Oh yeah. So I thought that was cool. That is cool. And also if you, the original, uh, ending for this movie that was scripted, but they opted not to go with, uh, was that, Clarence does die when he gets shot in the eye <laughs> and uh, Alabama just kind of takes the car and leaves and she's kind of all pissed off at him for dying. And she's like, you know, tries to hitch a ride and stuff like that. And you kind of see some flash forwards to her eventually having like a gun in her mouth and you just kind of assume, oh, I guess she kills herself at some point. Um, but apparently, and if you, if you watch the movie Reservoir Dogs, there's the scene where uh, Harvey Keitel is meeting with, you know, Joe and he's uh, Joe's like, Hey, at last I heard about you, you were out robbing banks with Alabama. Oh, <laughs> and she's like, well, uh, yeah, you know, like we tried it for a while, but that whole guy girl thing never really works out. So apparently I guess that's probably the same Alabama. I would think so. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all these like little links, like, before even Kevin Smith had started doing that kind of thing, he was linking like movies together, which I always like little things like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Actually. Yeah. So that was really cool, but they, they did change the ending. Obviously. Um, I guess they did film it both ways 
and you can actually see most of the uh, the other one on the like DVD version. There's like a special feature where you can kind of see the other ending. Um, I guess Tony Scott just didn't want to go with that because he felt that he really liked these kids and he thought the audience would really like them as well and didn't want to put that bummer ending in where they just kind of, you know, die. I guess that makes sense. I like the ending, though. Yeah, I thought it was good. But let's start, I guess, at the uh, the very beginning. All right. Well, first, I guess we should we should delve into what did you think of this movie? I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I thought there were some okay parts, but overall, I was just like, ah. And, and the crazy thing is, very well received. It's a very well received movie. <laughs> sure is. Um, yep. Yeah, I, there's just a bunch of parts in the movie that didn't really do it for me, I think. I don't know. It just seemed so much like that Good Times movie. Just like everything <laughs> just kept going wrong or bad or something went crazy or something was just weird. I did find it cool that a lot of like the big stars that we know now were in this movie that just died off yes. like almost immediately. thought that was cool. <laughs> um, there are so many celebrities in here that's nuts. And then they just don't, they're not in there for very long usually, but they're just kind of cameos almost. But yeah, a uh, lot of people before they were famous or was, they were just starting to get famous. Some people that were already famous. Yeah, that, that was cool. I liked that, but Overall, the movie itself was, I don't know, it was all right. I, I, it's not Blowing my kind of movie. recommendation. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I can't argue with you there, I guess. I, I'll it's say definitely this, my like, type of movie. but Good Time was a movie where if I chose that movie, I would have shut it off if I didn't have to watch <laughs> it. This, I don't know, it just seems so damn over the top in some scenes. Um, <laughs> there was parts where I was interested, but then there's parts where it'd lose me again. But I'm, we'll, we'll go through that. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, basically starts with that. Uh, uh, Clarence talking to uh, Sarah's mom inside of the bar where he says, <laughs> if I had to fuck a guy, it'd be Elvis. And she's like, I want to fuck Elvis too. So then they find this common ground. She doesn't want to watch Kung Fu movies though. So he's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to go to a movie theater. So he goes to said movie theater and then he watches some Kung Fu movies. But lo and behold, we have Patricia Arquette playing Alabama. Who's walking down the aisle way, going to watch some Kung Fu movies too. Sits behind him after she dumps a bunch of popcorn all over that boy's lap. She says, Oh, excuse me. Sorry. My baddie doodly doos. So then she sits next to him because she wants to get caught up on the movie since she showed up halfway in the middle of it, which just yeah. makes me very angry. But uh, she just keeps talking to him. So yeah, right there, I would have left her. Been out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically he um, he's trying to fill her in. She's still trying to clean his lap off. I don't remember exactly oh, yeah. where they went. Uh, where they go next? A bar? Oh, they wanted to go get some pie after she sees a good movie. She likes to get a slice of pie. <laughs> I will say I've never been a big like fan of Patricia Arquette, but I do really like her in this movie. Like she actually is pretty attractive in this movie. Not pretty much in anything else I've ever seen her in, but for some reason the character works in this movie where she actually is kind of charming and something about her seems. It's very you know, natural born killers to me. That's what she reminded yeah. me of when you say, and especially when you brought it up earlier, it's that like weird, like personalities. That's like everybody in this movie is very natural born killers. Just like some yep. seemed over the top. Anyways, that's, 
that's a type of movie I miss. Like I miss movies that had like over the top characters. Like I feel like everything nowadays is just kind of like, let's try to make things as bland as possible. I mean, over the top's fine on some characters, but it's like there's a for me, I like that fine balance. It's like, well, if it's over the top for everything, it's an unbelievable movie, and I'm not going to watch an, a completely unbelievable movie if they're trying to almost be believable. If it's over the mm-hmm. top like Godzilla, that's not a believable movie. <laughs> I know this. There are no <laughs> giant fucking lizards walking all over the place, so I'm going into the movie already knowing that it's going to be probably either wacky or something crazy or. It, it can be over the top. It's offering itself to me as being an over the top movie where this is and trying to be realistic. Godzilla is that they put, they make those characters way too serious. Right. And that's why a lot <laughs> of people like, are trying to act like they're it. in a drama when this is a fucking Godzilla movie and no one cares. Exactly. Uh, they need to be a little bit more lighthearted. I think since the dark Knight came out, a lot of people are like, we gotta be a little bit more serious. It worked for the dark Knight. It doesn't have to work for yeah. fucking everything else. Um, but yeah, so uh, they end up uh, eventually going to his place and making sweet, sweet woohoo. <laughs> and Clarence, I should say, woo-hoo. part of the reason I like this movie, he uh, he works in a comic book store. <laughs> so I'm already in. I'm like, I like this kid. Oh, I didn't even know he worked in a comic book <laughs> store. I just knew he had one of uh, a comic that he showed her. Uh, I think it was the first Spider-Man or some shit. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they I make... do. I will mention. I do like Christian Slater in this a lot. I do like Christian Slater a lot as an actor. Anyway, um, I wish he was in more things. <laughs> he just died off he's out got of a... the nineties. He really did. Like I saw a movie somewhat recently that he was in that he was really good in, but it was a couple of years ago. And even that, I think I just saw it on Netflix. I don't think it ever got like a theatrical release. Like he's still like just kind of. It's kind of like John Cusack, I guess, where he'll just be in anything. <laughs> It goes right to video. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But we'll we'll probably watch another one of his movies at some point, because I'm guessing you haven't seen Pump Up the Volume. You would be guessing correctly. <laughs> yeah. It's basically the movie where he invented podcasting. <laughs> That's hard to believe, but okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they make the whoopee-whoopity-doo. After they, after they stick their jennies together, she goes outside <laughs> and she's crying. And we find out that she was sent there as a calling girl, basically from his boss. A <laughs> calling girl. A calling girl. <laughs> she was sent by the phone company. Yep, to blow him. <laughs> to make sweet nasties. And then basically what ends up happening is he's like, no, you know, he's, he's like playing it off. She, she's like really upset by this whole thing because uh, she actually seems to love him for some reason because yep. she had a really fun night. <laughs> That's the type of girl that <laughs> I don't stick with. Um, but, yeah, so basically he's like, oh, well, you know, if you love me, you truly love me, let's 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 do this thing. Yeah, he decides to throw caution to the wind. And decides to and, marry her basically immediately. Yep. <laughs> I would say he pulls a Peter Jank, but that's too fast even for you. So I'm going to say he pulls a Mike Dell from the LCS Hockey Show, who famously... Uh, I think married his ex-wife in uh, about a week of knowing her. <laughs> that that one is too fast. <laughs> but are they still together? Ah, uh, since I said ex, no. <laughs> oh, touche. Um, it turns out that does not work out so well. No, no, no. But yeah, so they <laughs> decide to get married, and he cannot let go of the fact that she had this pimp guy called Drexel. Is that his name? Yeah. Drexel uh, Spivey. 
basically, this is, a great name. Uh, this, is this guy's played by Gary Oldman, who's goddamn amazing in this. Uh, we'll, <laughs> he really is. We will skip to him real quick. So basically, we get our first look at him after Samuel Jackson talks about going down on sweet, sweet ladies. He's in a room with Samuel Jackson. <laughs> he's got one of the greatest quotes, which is like, "I eat the pussy, I eat the butt, I eat every motherfucking thing." <laughs> Classic Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, no, <laughs> uh, we get this weird like go- Gary Oldman that I've never seen in my life, ever. I've never seen Gary Oldman like this. He's basically got mm-hmm. dreadlocks. He's very gangster esque. Um, but yeah, he he doesn't like this talk. Basically, he just shoots a couple <laughs> of the guys that are in there, including Samuel Jackson. I'm pretty damn sure Samuel Jackson had three lines in the whole movie. And <laughs> they were all about eating pussy. <laughs> they were. Apparently, that scene was, I guess, much longer originally. But the uh, even though it was just language, the MPAA made them cut it out or they were going to rate it X. Really? Because it was just, yeah. <laughs> and Quentin was like, oh, and I mean, nowadays you totally get away with it. Standards have changed. So, so much, so much changed. Um, but yeah, Gary Oldman is fucking fantastic. He, that guy is a real chameleon. Like when you realize this is the same guy who played like commissioner Gordon and fucking played Churchill like two years ago. And now he's playing this like killer pimp guy. Or even like fifth element. Like he just, he, he just yeah. molds. He just molds into whatever the fuck he's going to become in the movie. It's just so weird, but yeah. He played Sid Vicious in Sid and Nancy, which is crazy. Like he's playing this, you know, punk like singer guy or fucking. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. <laughs> the guy can do anything. He really can. He really can. But yeah, so he's he's basically this big old gangster guy uh, in the movie. Um, so Clarence can't, can't handle the fact that this guy's basically still around. He gets a little message from Elvis. I don't know. Um, played by Val Kilmer. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. There's so many celebrities all over this thing. Damn. They never show his face. Yeah. They never show his face. Anything. Yep. But it is Val Kilmer. That is strange. Um, (laughs) okay. That kind of blows me away. I'm like trying to picture <laughs> those scenes now. But yeah, basically he's playing Elvis in Clarence's mind. Yeah. He's telling him <laughs> you should go kill the guy. So what does Clarence go do? Basically go kill this guy. He goes <laughs> he goes to the place where this Drexel guy is at to go pick up Alabama's belongings. Yeah. And uh when he gets there, he's got basically every intention to killing this guy. And when he shows up uh, you know, he's greeted by him and there's a pretty good long speech in there, uh, with the two of them, basically not really so much Clarence bantering back and forth, but it, I like this scene. I just like it cause Gary Oldman yes. is just killing it so hard in this. It, this is I one of the, the scenes I really like. that he's like. taking that lamp thing. There's like this hanging lamp and he keeps like swinging at it, Clarence and shit and like using it as like a major prop throughout the entire thing. It's just very cool. It is very cool. This whole scene is pretty cool because it's the lighting in it and everything is just very intimidating. And, and it I is just... very tense. The music is great in this scene. Oh, it's like this God. driving kind of house music that's fucking cool. That's Honestly, the I like one thing I hated about this movie, and I know Hans Zimmer did it, and I normally like a lot of his music, <gasps> but my God, that xylophone song that played oh. throughout the whole movie, I was just like, it, it was fine in some scenes. But then it would come in scenes where it was like, this is not appropriate 
music for the spot. So it's like what, like usually music will enhance the feeling that you'll get from the scene, but the scene will be intense or very depressing in the xylophone music. So like my whole emotional, like thing is just like, did they just not have enough music to put a more like a serious song in here? Or did they just have to go back to fucking xylophones? Cause I don't know what to feel right now. I have no idea. Am I happy? That's They're crying. The I, I don't I know. <laughs> That's what makes that score so great for me. I really love that score. Um, Hans Zimmer for me is a guy I've never, like most movies. I can't tell you a Hans Zimmer score. Like I know people say like, Oh, the Batman scores were so good. Like Danny Elfman's score. I can hum. I couldn't tell you one fucking Hans Zimmer song and try to hum that. (laughs) But I really liked his work in this movie because I think it plays into that whole kind of thing where this movie is supposed to kind of be like a fucked up fairy tale almost. So it's kind of there to be playful to kind of give you an idea of that's the tone of this movie. Don't take it so seriously. You're here to have fun <laughs> in a fucked up way in a weird Quentin Tarantino type way. Uh, I'm good without it. I like the music to enhance the emotion that's going on that I'm seeing. When you start playing joyous music during a depressing scene, I don't know what to do with my <laughs> life. Sometimes it works and it can, but this is another reason why it's like this movie feels and seems like it should be more of a realistic movie with realistic things going on. But then there's just so much over the top mixed in with mm-hmm. these realistic things. It's like, I don't know what kind of fucking roller coaster ride I'm on, but <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Speaking of roller coasters, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah. So. Sorry, I need some water because I'm dying. Um, <laughs> so we then move on from that scene. He basically just goes out and just straight up kills this guy. He shoots him. Um, as this is, uh, well, actually, he gets a shit. Uh, Clarence gets a shit beat out of him. Yeah. And uh, uh, Drexel basically holds his license in his hands. He's like, oh, got your address now, bitch. And uh, (laughs) then Clarence pulls out a gun, shoots him in the balls, shoots his uh, right-hand man to death, and then ends up shooting Drexel in the head and just killing him. He goes and tries to grab – or tells uh, a couple of the women, uh, hey, fill up the suitcase with uh, Alabama stuff. He goes and grabs the suitcase, runs back home, and we find out that the suitcase was not filled with her stuff. It was filled with drugs. He grabbed the wrong one or some shit. Whoops. Oopsie doodle. Um, so, <laughs> so he's got a whole fucking thing full of cocaine. <laughs> yep. So he knows all this now, and he then goes to his dad's house, mm-hmm. uh, who lives in a trailer. This was played by, oh, man, what's his name? Um, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper, yep. Um, yeah. Which is weird because every other time you'll see Dennis Hopper, he'll play a villain, but not in this movie, which is another <laughs> yep. thing that just really confuses me. <laughs> He does really well, though. I'm not. I'm not. I'm yeah. not even against this. He played a very convincing father, and I was very happy to see him in a role that didn't make him look like Koopa. So, um, <laughs> finally, he's not an asshole. Although you do kind of get the impression that it's very like sparsely written, so they don't hit you over the head with it. But you do kind of get the feeling that he wasn't always the greatest. Like you kind of get the feeling like he was an alcoholic and kind of abandoned the family at some point. And Christian Slater's kind of just let it slide, and they don't have the greatest relationship. I think he mentions that he hasn't seen him in three years. <laughs> so that's not great. Not normally, no. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so we meet up with them. Basically, it goes to his dad because it looks like his dad was in some kind of cop or something like that before. So he you know, mm-hmm. basically asks him, hey, can you ask some of your old work buddies to see whether or not that they heard anything about the scene? 
about the whole, you know, everything that happened with Drexel. And obviously there's a lot of conflict there, but one way or another, Dennis Hopper's character goes and finds out that, no, uh, for whatever reason, it looked like it was a a big thing, but his name was not attached to it at all. I would like to know how that conversation went down, though. (laughs) Like, how do you just go, uh, hey, Bill, you hear anything about this, uh, this Pentagon kill? (laughs) 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 No reason. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But yeah, so uh, so that whole thing happens, and we find out no, nothing happened. So Christian Slater or Clarence is like, "All right, sweet, cool. We're gonna book it out of here. We're gonna go to my friend's house in L.A." And the father's like, "All right, whatever." And then you know he hands him the address to the friend's house, uh, which yep. I will question Shouldn't here in a second. That. I'll question <laughs> this in a second. So. <laughs> Uh, we find out that um, he he basically is on his way to California to meet up with one of his buddies that he grew up with. And unfortunately, when his dad comes home from work one day, uh, Christopher Walken is now in this movie uh, yep. with a bunch of other <laughs> uh, here. Uh, bunch of gangsters that were somehow connected with the whole drug thing. Uh, they've been now. Please tell me you like this scene. I do. I like the scene. Yes. Anytime I see Christopher Walken, I'm going to love that scene. Even mm-hmm. as a giant damn monkey in The Jungle Book, he was amazing. <laughs> Especially him and Dennis Hopper in a scene together. It's kind of a powerhouse of a scene. It's, it's an amazing scene. The only thing that I get really, really pissed off at this scene, all right, there's one thing, and it has nothing to do with either one of those two. Mm. So Dennis Hopper is on his way home from work. He goes to the trailer and immediately gun is drawn to his head which means those people have been waiting in this home for quite some time Mm -hmm. he is questioned continuously where's clarence where's clarence where can clarence possibly (laughs) be there's nowhere we can't find him we don't know where he's at they have an amazing conversation everything that happened during the scene about sicilians and uh lying and all this other stuff it's an amazing scene i just recommend Mm -hmm. everybody watching it unfortunately christopher walken couldn't get that answer out of him until one of his lackeys is like, oh, hey, look at it. It says Clarence on the refrigerator <laughs> with the address. How long were they in that fucking house? Because if, if it's less than 30 seconds, I'll accept it. If it's more than 30 seconds, why the fuck are they asking his dad for the fucking address? Maybe they didn't check the fridge. <laughs> I didn't check the fridge. Have, but... Didn't look under the bed. <laughs> Jesus Christ, these are the worst gangsters ever. Anyways. <laughs> they're not cops. They're just gangsters. Bunch of All they know is dummies. muscly things. I mean, the one guy only spoke Italian, so maybe he's like, I don't understand. I don't know what the the fridge fridge is. is. (laughs) Well, anyways, so we watched an amazing scene go down, and then uh, they get the address. It's a pretty great speech by Dennis Hopper just talking about the Sicilians and why their, you know, bloodline has changed forever. We're not going to get into it. In Quentin Tarantino fashion, classic style. There's a lot of uses of the N-word. Yeah. <laughs> As he does. Yeah. But they do say it. They say it in there. Sure um, do. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a good scene. I just recommend anybody watching it. All right, let's move <laughs> on. So then we go from there. Uh, Clarence and Alabama are now entering uh, L.A. where they meet up with the well, friend. First they call their buddy, and uh, then they have sex in a phone booth <laughs> just randomly. 
Yeah. Because that's just what they do. I wasn't going to bring that up. That has no relevance <laughs> to this movie. It could have been a scene that could have been cut out. Um, <laughs> I like it just because it shows them that they're very into each other and <laughs> kind of shows them as a couple. And she's trying to make friends with the buddy on the phone. So that was kind of cool. The buddy who was played by uh, our favorite ridiculousness guest, Michael Rappaport. That's right. You were there, too. I couldn't remember if I just watched Ridiculousness in my hotel room or if that you were there. But, yeah, he was in there. Um, mm-hmm. And then his roommate is Brad Pitt. <laughs> yep. Brad Pitt is so good in this movie, too. Speaking of people who are great, but only in it for a very short amount of time. But it's... Brad Pitt is basically just playing a total stoner the entire time. But he's very, like, I don't know. He's so weird. He's very affable. Like he'll give people any information they want, just give it out. But then he gets kind of gets mad at people too. Like when he's one of the best lines was just like, "Don't condescend me, man. Fuck, kill you." <laughs> <laughs> I was just very confused with Brad Pitt's character, but I enjoyed it as well. Because you can't <laughs> not enjoy a good actor when the good actor is acting good. It's true. <laughs> Brad Pitt, like. He really was like a great character actor. I've heard people say that he was kind of like cursed to be as handsome as he is because like they tried to make him a leading man and stuff. But he could have just keep doing like character bits like this and he would have been amazing. I don't consider it a curse. I I mean, I wouldn't. (laughs) I mean, good grief. That guy's got everything now. (laughs) He's got kids from 12 continents. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 12 continents <laughs> they created some new ones just so we could adopt kids from there <laughs> um but yeah so they show up to the new or to the buddy's house and the idea here is the buddy obviously lives in la and he may or may not know people that he can sell all this cocaine to so he's like a struggling actor <laughs> i like his audition which was just terrible and somehow he gets the part yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what ends up happening is he knows a guy who basically can give him maybe some connection to sell. Uh, it's it's five hundred million dollars, or I'm sorry, five hundred thousand dollars worth of cocaine. He's trying to sell it for two hundred thousand. Uh, he's yeah. trying just That's trying to get discount. rid of this as fast as humanly possible. He doesn't want any part of this anymore. He just wants it gone. Um, yeah, him and Alabama are going to try to flee the country. They can just get some money to do it. So. He says, yeah, I know this guy. Meets up with the guy. His name's Elliot, who's played by a Langolier. Bronson Pinchot. <laughs> what other movies has this guy been in? Um, well, he was in the Beverly Hills Cop movies as, like, this over-the-top gay guy. Uh, but his oh, biggest yeah. role. Yeah. I'd say his biggest role of everything was fucking um, in uh, Perfect Strangers. His cousin Balky. Oh, it was a sitcom from the 80s where he was like, you know, the crazy cousin from some weird European country. I could probably see that. Yeah. <laughs> he always plays these very over-the-top characters. This is probably one of the more, like, reined-in performances I've ever seen him give. And even that's pretty over-the-top. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty <laughs> over-the-top towards the end. Um, all right, so, yeah, he meets up with this guy. The only way that they're going to meet up, though, to talk about business is on a roller coaster. Yeah. All right. So they meet. I up. like this scene just because it's different. It's not the normal kind of drug deal scene. <laughs> it's a bunch of people on a roller coaster. Yeah, uh, it's definitely interesting for sure. 
but they go on a roller coaster and they talk about it. They finally get the guy to, you know, convince the guy to talk to his boss. And they call his boss on Sunday, which is apparently a big no-no. Don't call the <laughs> boss on Sunday. Uh, nope. But the, after the phone call, they basically are convincing him, to, yep, indeed, he will, he will look into this further. They plan a meeting, and bada-bing, bada-boom, uh, they're pretty much in the saddle. So at this point, uh, uh, Clarence, uh, cl- yeah. Clarence brings Bama home to just you know so he can go back out real quick it seems like he's gonna pick up lunch or something he's gonna go get some food yeah she's gonna jump in the tub um unfortunately she is greeted by one of the guys who have the address now i should state though uh as you already kind of alluded to uh they had the address to the to the the buddy's house uh and of course brad pitt just says oh yeah no there's they're staying at the whatever the fucking hotel was called (laughs) um the scene's pretty funny yeah just Brad Pitt's pretty great in it. I like that he like he's always dealing with all these mobsters and shit, but he just always comes out of it okay. Yeah, because he just tells them everything they want to know, and <laughs> like eventually those other guys come and he's just like, "You guys want a bit of this bond?" <laughs> <laughs> he's like stoned out of his mind during that scene, which is pretty great. Um, but unfortunately, now he knows uh, one of the gangsters knows for sure where uh, Bama and Clarence are at, so they end up. Uh, one of them end up going there, meeting Bama there, basically the same way that they killed his dad. Uh, and who is waiting. that gangster? Isn't it the guy from The Sopranos? Yeah, a young-ish James Gandolfini. <laughs> so James Gandolfini basically just beats the unholy shit out of uh, Bama uh, to yeah. try to find out where these drugs are at. Um, this scene is brutal as all fuck. This scene is pretty hard to watch. Um, it is. Yeah, so he's basically just beating the shit out of her, and right after that's all said and done, uh, she's still very, very, so it's resilient, just resilient, yeah. the way that she just is not giving him any information. Well, it gets to the point to where they're just basically waiting. She's just laying on the floor, like, kaputzed out. He's sitting on the chair just waiting for Clarence to get home, and they're, after talking to her for a little bit, basically he looks under the bed as he's just sitting there and finds the suitcase, he opens up the suitcase, finds the sweet drugs. He's like, well, don't need you anymore. We're going to off you. She's got a now a Swiss Army knife with a corkscrew. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to give you one shot. One shot. And she jams it right into his foot. And he was expecting maybe the chest or something. But jams yeah, it he was r- like opening his shirt. Uh, <laughs> Come on. Right into the foot. And then a statue to the head. She's basically just making a redemption at this point and basically just going to town. But she, he throws her into a glass shower where she is just yeah. cut the hell up. Uh, one way or another, she ends up killing this guy with a shotgun. She's gone, Zarelli. At this time, where he's basically just completely blown to bits, Clarence walks in yeah. there and finds Alabama. He says, "We need to go." Very alpha dog. This is like, see, this it seems like this is like this is a very realistic movie. This part reminds mm-hmm. me very much like Alpha Dog, where that movie is completely like, I don't know why people even rag on that movie. That movie is so realistic and so depressing. Um, and that's what this part <laughs> reminded me of was a very, very like serious scene in this movie because the shit, the shit that's going down, you're just like, man, I feel so bad. You're on the head of your seat. Just like, fuck man. I hope this fucking ends nicely. Um, that's kind of what I think, I think they were going for is like I said, most of this things have gone pretty well up until this point. Obviously, I mean, there's a little bit of strife with the drug dealer, but other, or, I mean, yeah, with, uh, you know, Drexel. 
But things have been going pretty well. They kind of keep skating along. They don't know about what happened to Dennis Hopper. Uh, so they're just kind of going along. Things are nice. But then all of a sudden, here's this scene to show you like, oh, shit, the stakes are really real here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it's just it's pretty intense. They get the hell out of there at the same time. Just short. I can't remember if it was before or after. But basically, Elliot, he is driving a car, getting a blowy from some random chick. And he's <laughs> yeah. got a bunch of blowy. Um, where he's, like, trying to hide it as a cop is now pulling him over because he was speeding. The girl will not hide it for him, and she basically <laughs> says, no, I don't want any part of this, basically hits it out of his hands. The bag was unfortunately <laughs> open or whatever, and it just lands in this dude's face. He's just not got cocaine <laughs> all over the damn yep. place. Um, <laughs> this scene's hilarious. So he's he's taken into, uh, basically taken into custody, where they're just basically just hounding him on all this stuff. They're realizing that the coke's basically came from this huge drug deal uh mm-hmm. drug happening um you know however far away like rhode island i think or whatever the uh the cops are played by chris penn sean penn's brother who sadly died in the late 90s he was also in reservoir dogs and tom sizemore is the other cop who's also a cop in natural born killers <laughs> weirdly enough oh it's interesting yeah <laughs> um but yeah so uh they're hounding him to try to get all this information, and the Elliot guy is just like, fuck it, I don't want to go to jail. He's about to just give everything, or he does. He's, he's giving everything away. <laughs> he cracks he, really easily. He, he will do anything he possibly can to not go into jail. So they basically get him to uh, wear a wire for the big thing that's supposed to be happening with his boss and his friends. Yep. So uh, he wears said wire. They finally get the balls to... This, this is this, this is another part of the movie. It's just like it's so over the top, and you're just like, what the fuck? Like the whole like when yeah, everything uh, starts to converge at this point, where the mafia is kind of going back to Floyd, and they've gotten the information as to where this meeting is out of him. So they're all coming to this big meeting now. The cops are there. They got the whole thing bugged, and here come Clarence in Alabama and the roommate, <laughs> yeah, their buddy Michael Rappaport, Dick. His name's Dick Richards. <laughs> it's Dick. Dick Dix is what his name is. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so everybody's up in this elevator to where Clarence just freaks the hell out. I don't understand this part of the scene. I know he's on the edge, but this is so damn, like, it it didn't, like, scenes like this are supposed to make me feel like I'm on the edge. This scene made me Mm -hmm. feel like, what the fuck is going on? I don't, what is going on? I'm just more confused. Uh, but the cops are like, like laughing about this. Like, oh shit, he's going to get shot. No, he ain't going to get shot. Like the one cop is just laughing just so hard. The other guy's just like, oh, I'm worried. <laughs> it, it was like, what the fuck is this movie now? It just become, I don't, I don't know. But Clarence doesn't end up shooting him. They get up to the top. They start talking to the producer guy up there. Basically yep. they make the big old fat boy deal. Uh, again, there's just a lot of laughter from the cops or some shit like that, but they make the deal. <laughs> they all seem to be big fans of Clarence. <laughs> he's really putting on a show for this, uh, movie producer and everyone seems to be Loving him. <laughs> Loving it so hard. <sighs> so, anywho, they make the deal. The cops are like, all right, that's it. That's our trigger. Let's go in. They get in there. At the same time, the mafia guys are like, oh, now the cops are already in there at this point. They've got everybody held up. The producer guy's got two security guys with guns in here. Mm-hmm. The cops are putting your guns down, put your guns down. The big security guys are like, fuck that. Fuck you. We don't like cops. <laughs> <laughs> the mafia then breaks in unknowing that there's already cops in there. And now just everybody's holding all everybody, <laughs> yeah. everybody up. So every group has guns pointed at every other. Group. I should state that Clarence had just before have gone, went to the bathroom. So he's not in there, but everybody else is in this room. It becomes yep. a giant shootout. He's in the bathroom fest. talking Elvis again. Yes, that's true. I forgot about Elvis. Yes, he was <laughs> indeed there. 
Um, so what basically ends up happening is everybody's just shooting each other. Cops are dying. Mafia guys are dying. Everybody's just getting shot or whatnot. Uh, Bama's fine. She seems to have cover. Uh, the Elliot guy dies. I'm assuming Dick died. I don't even remember seeing him after the end of the movie, to be honest with you. And I watched uh, the uh, director's cut. I don't remember seeing Dick no, get Dick, shot. Dick made it out. You see him running down the hallway. Mm. But he's still going to he's going to be right. on TJ Hooker. That's right. Good. <laughs> he will make it to that to that um, part. So uh, we see all of this shit go down. It's, it's just crazy. Uh, unfortunately, as Clarence leaves the bathroom, he gets shot in the eye and Alabama is just doing the best she can to try to wake him up. It's like one of those Disney scenes where like, no, he gone. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. And then the proper kiss, the, cro- the proper <laughs> amount of love is what brought him back to his feet. Um, made him a real boy. Yeah. So he gets up. They find the suitcase filled with money that they made the deal with. They get the hell out of there while, uh, you know, shit's still kind of just crazy. A little bit crazy. It's starting to die one down. Of the, it's crazy. Uh, one of the mafia guys is basically causing a hostage crisis downstairs. He's taking a woman hostage, and that's kind of got the rest of the cops distracted right. dealing with him. So no one's watching as they kind of sneak out of the hotel. And they absolutely do sneak out of the hotel where then they finally live this happily ever life uh with two hundred thousand dollars at this point in the movie where it's the end of the movie they already have a kid who looks to be five years old i would imagine that they're still <laughs> somehow living off of five hundred or two hundred thousand dollars which is probably possible probably in goes mexico a long way in mexico yeah <laughs> yeah i'm just thinking about that now everything's super duper cheap i know in colombia a buddy said you need to go there it's beyond cheap so yeah plus I mean, in 93 i'm sure two hundred thousand was more than it is now. oh yeah that's very true as well <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's the movie. They have a kid. The kid's name is Elvis, and bada bing, bada boom, bada little bomb bombs. Little Val Kilmer. Slayer's got a cool eye patch. <laughs> Something cool about an eye patch? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. And that's it. That's the uh, epic love story that is true romance. <laughs> yeah, I still didn't really like. It. It's just not my type of movie. I can see why people would like it. People like good times too. Yeah, not for me. But yeah. I like it. There it's, parts I don't in like there it that as I much as I like Natural Born Killers. Like that's one of my all-time favorite movies. But oh, wow. this is uh, this is really good too. I do enjoy it. Huh. All right. Good performances. Cool. Cool. Yeah. No. It was, uh, all right. I don't know which movie. I'll have to text you sometime this week, and uh, I'll pick a movie out for next week. Um, oh, can't wait. But yeah, I'll figure it out. There, there was one movie that I know you haven't seen, and I'm like, fuck. I'm, one of these days, I'm going to get you to see it. And I will have to try to remember. If not, I may have a backup. So, oh, okay. Uh, I'm down. All right, cool. Sweet deal. So, uh, what do we want? You want to go into the brackets? Uh, yeah. Let's do the bracket real quick. Uh, the the long promised. Um, we're gonna kick off the tournament of the '80s classic rock songs. All right. Um, <laughs> I don't think this is either of ours total jam. Um, I certainly have an appreciation for 80s classic rock, but I mean, I'm more into like the alternative 80s music. But trying to do a tournament for that would just go on forever and I would never be able to pick. <laughs> so I figured given that both of our fathers were into this kind of music, um, plus it's just I feel like classic rock's just everywhere. <laughs> Especially if you've ever worked with people, it's like one of the go-tos that everyone can kind of agree upon. Yeah. Even if no, it's no one's favorite, but everyone can listen <laughs> and not be driven crazy. I guess that's true. <laughs> so we're going to do a multi-part uh, tournament here. 
kind of getting it down to the top four songs each week. Um, we'll, and then we'll kind of pick the, you know, the best ones of those. And they'll go into a final tournament at the end where we can kind of finally crown a winner for the best classic rock song of the 80s. I can't wait. <laughs> Pete's been thrilled about this for weeks. So thrilled he kept forgetting to listen to the songs. So excited. <laughs> oh, that's the kind of enthusiasm I like. Reluctance. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start this off with our first matchup that we teased weeks ago. Um, but you didn't know what songs I was talking about at the time. So <laughs> maybe now it'll be different. It could be. We've got the first match is between The Stroke by Billy Squire and Don't Come Around Here No More by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. That's right. I do remember that one. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let, yeah. Hold on real quick. Stroke me, stroke That's right. me. Got it. Got it. Bam. That's right. I do remember that. Okay. I don't know how you can forget that. Uh, I know. All right. I definitely know <laughs> the stroke. Um, I will say that I hated the song Don't Come Around Here No More. Hated <laughs> that song with every bit of soul in my, my, my body. Wow. So I'll, that, I guess we'll harsh. go with The Stroke just because I've heard that one before. I've never heard that Tom Petty song before, and I did not really? like it. Yeah. That's a big one. No. I could, I mean, I wouldn't put it in my top Tom Petty songs, but it's it's definitely one that's played a lot. Uh, yeah, um, I've I never heard it before. I see kind of why you wouldn't like it. It's slow and kind of formless, I would say. It doesn't have, like, a you know clear-cut melody or anything. It's just kind of like... Don't come around here no more. <laughs> and like random things strung together almost. Yep. Yeah, so like I'm song. definitely cool with that stroke. I really love. Good. Well, that's the only one I know, so I'll go with that one. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got Poison by Alice Cooper versus oh, Wanted Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi. Well, Wanted Dead or Alive. Poison sucked <laughs> the bag of dicks as well. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> I would probably go Wanted Dead or Alive too, but I do love Poison. I wanna love you, but I bet I was pl- singing that song at fucking karaoke or uh, rock band yesterday. Oh, <laughs> how interesting! It was so good. Yeah, uh, I know the Vandals don't like that song either. They did a cover of it before where they were just like making fun of it and they changed a bunch of the words and stuff. It's pretty great. Oh god. It actually sounds kind of terrible, but <laughs> it's pretty funny. All right. All right, so we got that one. Uh next up we got Rounded Round by Rat. And Edge of 17 by Stevie Nicks. All right, hold on. Hold on. I'm going to listen to just the clips round of these. Round and round. Oh yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's going to that's going to win. But I do I want to just re-listen <laughs> to the Stevie Nicks one more time. Hold on. Just like the white wing dove. Oh, yeah, I like that song, too. <laughs> oh. It's a tough round one. I'm going to go with Stevie Nicks. Yeah, I think that's what I would have to go with, too. I do like round and round. But, yeah, Stevie Nicks has got me on that one. That's a, just a classic song right there. <laughs> Not exactly hard rocking, but it's good. 
Next up, we've got Aerosmith with Janie's Got a Gun. Yeah. Or Take Me Home Tonight, Be My Baby by Eddie Money. Janie's Got a Gun. Oh, I think we're going to have to roll for it. Roll away. I, <laughs> I don't have a die. Oh, um, you know I do. Hold on. <laughs> oh, here, I'll flip I'm a sure coin. I'm sure I do somewhere. I'll flip a coin. Oh, that's fair. All right, Tails is... Uh, I love Take Me Home Tonight. Janie's got a gun, and Take Me Home Tonight will be heads. Okay. Come on, heads. Tails. Janie's got uh, a gun. Janie got that gun. And I hurt the top of my hand by doing that. <laughs> you know what's weird about Janie's got a gun? Speaking of, like, we were talking about the movie where it's, like, upbeat music but sad things. That movie is surprisingly, like, uh, the music... In it is kind of like fun and happy, but then it's about like this girl being molested and killing her father. <laughs> like, except for the runaway part, that part's kind of intense, but the rest of it's kind of like, dude, Janie got a gun. <laughs> it's like a fun Disney song almost. Which movie are you talking about? <laughs> the movie we were just talking about, True Romance, where you're talking about the music not fitting the uh, the subject matter. Yeah. The uh, Janie's Got a Gun song is a lot like that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But the music's, like, kind of fun and happy for the most part, except for the runaway part, but it's, like, fun and happy music, but it's about this girl being molested and shit and killing her father. Oh, just leave it to Steven Tyler. He'll make everything better. (laughs) Everything. All right. Uh, This next one, we've got Fade to Black by Metallica. Uh Uh-huh. And versus... Rush by Tom Sawyer. The Tom only Sawyer. Rush song no, that's going to make Tom it Tom Sawyer by Rush, and yes, Tom Sawyer. <laughs> yeah. He said Rush Tom by Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer is a great fucking song. Yeah, man. I do like, I like a lot of different Rush songs, so I'm cool with that. And Tom Sawyer is a great song. I don't yeah. like Metallica, so we're good. I like some of their songs. I could I definitely do it do anymore. Fade to Black. I'm not going <laughs> to be all about that life. I've, I've, I've got burnt out on them. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. You've done it to me. <laughs> they and never, Frankie. even before they got burned out. You're, they're never going to beat Tom Sawyer. <laughs> sure. Uh, next up, we got Van Halen with I'll Wait oh, versus God. Too Late for Love by Def Leppard. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, this one I can give two shits on. Both of these songs suck a oh, bag of ass. I'm definitely going I'll Wait. All I right. love I'll Wait. I'll Wait. You've got Secretly it. Secretly one of my favorite Van Halen songs. That song was terrible. Way underrated. Oh, it's got such great keyboards. No. It wasn't for me, man. I think it was one yeah. of the first songs on this list, if not the first one. It was. It was the I first think it one. Was number one. Oh god, yeah. it was so bad. I couldn't do it, man. I, <laughs> that song came on, and I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" If all the songs are like this, I'm gonna be so fucking pissed off. <laughs> that was like that, like kind of mid '80s when Van Halen started getting a little bit more electronic with the keyboards and shit, and I loved it. I didn't care. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of keyboards, we got Mr. Crowley by Ozzy Osbourne versus Take Me to the Top by Motley Crue. Oop. Yep. Mr. Crowley. Oh, flip. <laughs> I like the beginning of Mr. Crowley. But then after that, you're just kind of like, eh. That Motley Crue song, song I had to turn off after 30 seconds. Really? Yep. Oh, I didn't even attach. <laughs> oh, yeah, What's what? Sign things. Uh, I'll take heads. All right. Tales from Mr. Crowley. Heads. Even though I'm pretty sure it's fucking tails, 
But I, <laughs> I would have rather have won the other one. I, I guess I, I, it stuck to my hand when I took it off, but I'll give it to you. <laughs> so damn sweaty in there. I think I know which way it'll go on this one, but <laughs> we got to do it anyway. Next up, we've got Separate Ways, in parentheses, Worlds Apart by Journey versus Who Made Who by ACDC, your favorite band. Uh, I hated both of them songs, but I don't How like... How did you hate Separate Ways? What's Separate Ways? I don't even remember. Uh, oh, that was the... It's uh, a great Journey song. Uh, I think it's because I probably never heard that one. And it didn't oh, do anything I love that for song. Me. It's so like it's got such urgency to it. I think that's what I like about it. It feels like there's stakes in that song. Hold on, let me <laughs> it's see just if the song. Heard. Hold on, I'm gonna give it a quick listen. Oh no, I've heard that song before. Yeah, definitely separate ways. Yeah, that one's I, good. I have heard that song before. <laughs> I was gonna say, what rock have you been living under? You know what's crazy? The other day I went to a brewery to go fill them up and I had to go fix their tank because they had a leak. And uh, I went in there and the dude was listening to UFO. I was like, nice. what? <laughs> I didn't even know that. Did breach. you give him your dad's number? No. <laughs> you guys could start a record club. <laughs> I should have. No, <laughs> I didn't know. But yeah, I was like, oh, Damn hell it. yeah. There's lights out in London. I was like, fuck it. That was a good song. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good song. If that was 80s, it would definitely be in here, but. <laughs> Sadly, I think it's like 77. Um, all right. We're into the second round here. We've got the stroke versus wanted dead or alive. Ooh, do wanted dead or alive? Oh, this is a really tough one. <sighs> I just don't understand the purpose of stroke. Stroke me, stroke me. So you we're don't? Just, I, I mean, I do, but like, how did that get passed? But Samuel Jackson talking about eating the vagine almost did it. Because you, you put it in loot, like broad terms where people don't necessarily, you can you can be like, that could be anything. <laughs> talking about stroking my ego. <laughs> but ego means penis. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, flip for it. I think uh, I have to go stroke. All right. Uh, what are we doing? Your heads? Uh, I'll take heads. Heads again! Ass! <laughs> yeah! Gonna be stroking all night long. Be stroking. Next Stroke. up, we got at, ooh, Edge of 17 versus Janie's Got a Gun. Edge of 17. I agree. <laughs> no need for coins on this one. Nope. It's just got to be the way. Next up. Oh, this is I mean, why even bother with this one? <laughs> I think this is obvious. We got Tom Sawyer versus I'll Wait by Van Halen. <laughs> Tom Sawyer. <laughs> yep, that was an easy one. And then we got Take Me to the Top. Versus Separate Ways. Separate Worlds ways. Apart. Yep. I agree. Can't believe you don't like that Molly Crew song. Oh, dude, that song. I like that so song bad. even more after watching that Dirt movie on Netflix. Oh God, man, it was so hard <laughs> to listen to that. Damn. And the worst part was, and I was going to talk about this afterwards, but I'll talk about it here. 
So I, you gave me the playlist. I listened to the whole playlist, and I w- started from the top, and I went to the bottom. Problem was, is I, I'm driving around. I didn't know where the fucking bottom was. So it just kept <laughs> playing more classic rock songs. So I'm trying to remember which songs were, like, the ones that you oh, put shit. on the list to all probably 10 to 15 other songs that I listened to until I realized <laughs> I've gone way past my quota. Yep. Because th- it was, it was, the giveaway was... Th- I listened to another Motley Crue song, and I was like, I don't think Motley, I don't think he put, would put two <laughs> bands with the same song on here. Yeah, I did try to avoid that at all possible. And, uh, <laughs> and then I looked, and I was like, oh my Jesus, I've gone way too far. <laughs> I've been listening for five hours. <laughs> oh, it's just too much. <laughs> all right, so we've got a final four right now of The Stroke, Edge of 17, Tom Sawyer, in separate ways. I already know who's going to win. <laughs> well, I think we only have to pick one as an alternate. Like, three of them will definitely be in the tournament. One's just kind of, you know, a play-in. <laughs> it's got a chance, but not necessarily. So we just have to pick the weakest of these four. Oh. Stroke. Yeah. I suppose. <laughs> well, it is. That, that's just actual truth. I mean, I guess. It's not even an argument for me. Mm-hmm. It's tough for me, but I think you're uh, you're on the right track there. I don't think. I know. <laughs> Although I definitely, I would have had Take Me Home Tonight on here. I love that song. Take me home tonight. That's a good song, but it was paired I up with something better. Let you. Uh, I would I definitely have it over Janie's Got a Gun. I oh. love Janie's Got a Gun, but... Yep, no. Take me home tonight. I think that's Chaney's got a gun is just a little bit better. As, as a rock well, song. Take me home tonight's a good eighties song. Yeah, I could kind of see that. Although then the winner of that bracket was Edge of Seventeen. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but what's done is done. What do you want from me? Let the baby have his bottle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Well, let's do a little bit of uh, album artwork review. Which band would would you like to look at this week? So this week we're going with some, uh, I don't think it's going to be a very long one, but it's mostly because I wanted to get to the last album, which I'm very excited for. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's got a trash (laughs) name on the last one. (laughs) Yes, we're going for that lowest score ever. I don't think it's going to be too low, but we're going to look at Simple Plan. Oh, yeah. I wish that was the name of the CD. Put it into my bum bum bum. Put it into my bum bum. All right, hold on. Let me pull it up on Spotify. Oh, I like the first one. This might be even better if I just did it off Spotify. (laughs) Actually be able to see everything. All right, so their very first album that they did was Still Not Getting Any in 2004. I'm on Wikipedia, and they've got 2002, no pads, no helmets, just balls. Oh, yeah. Why is that? Why is that not even on Spotify? (laughs) <laughs> oh, they did. I told you, Spotify doesn't have certain things sometimes. It's it weird. did. So apparently they did a 15th anniversary edition of it. 
of no pads, oh. no helmets, just ball. So they just basically remastered it. Um, so let me look it up on Wikipedia then instead. That'll be easier. Oh, you've got it on Wikipedia, correct? Yep. All right. Let's just do yours and then no pads. We'll go with that. All right. Cool. So no pads, no balls, no whatevers. So no pads, <laughs> no balls, no helmets. No just balls. pads. So the first album, uh, we've just said it. I love the name. It's a great yep. name. Name is great. Um, let's talk about the artwork a little bit. Uh, it's pretty uh, party-like. Um, yeah, they're having some kind of a big Canadian party, I guess. Very, very um, um, house party ladies. Yeah, <laughs> yep. There's some uh, looks like decorative thingies. I'm not sure. It says congratulations, I, I believe, <laughs> and the the the. The thing back there. I guess there. it's a wedding. The one chick's definitely a bride of some kind. Yep. Uh, the other guys are one guy. They, they've all married her, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Pierre is eating a pizza. She's got pizza in her veil. Uh, bald yeah. boy has f- flowers for hair now. Um, <laughs> they tried to camouflage his baldness. Uh, I've tried that trick for years. Looks like Pierre's bald. I can't remember who he is. Or not bald, blonde. <laughs> the blonde guy's holding her leg. I don't know. This scene's pretty chaotic. A lot going on. Uh-huh. Uh, let's stick with the name. The name. Where are we scoring that? That's a, that's a strong name. I'm going to give it a nine. I'm giving it a nine as well. It's a good name. It's very, very uh, 2000-esque. So I like it. Um, The picture. I'm going to go I mean, with the yeah, two. I like it. Going with the two. And I'm sticking with my reasons why it's just wow. too busy. I don't. It's a lot to look at. It's a lot, a lot going on. Hmm. Okay, uh, I can see that, but I like busy. Um, you do, and I, I like if you're going to have a bunch of the band members in it, it's good to have them at least doing something, mm. not just posing. True. So they are all busy. They're all doing various things. I'm cool with that. So, Let's bring it up to a three for me. Okay, I'm probably going to give it. A seven. Wow, this is above <laughs> average the biggest for you. disparity we've ever had. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Okay. This is very 2000s-y. Like, this looks like the Donna's first CD and stuff like that. A lot of just shots of people in, uh, doing crazy things. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely very 2000-y. The uh, connection between the two... I, I don't even see a single ball other than I'm sure they all have some. Hopefully at least one each. <laughs> this is true, but they definitely did not wear pads or helmets. Yeah, that's true. That part was right. And maybe they're very brave <laughs> uh, with being with uh, looks like maybe somebody else's bride. And that's them. That's true. That does take showcasing balls. Showcasing them having balls. <laughs> That's fair. I guess I could give them a six since they don't have pads or helmets. So that's two thirds of the way there. I'm going to give it a six as well. Just above (laughs) average for me. All right. Fair (laughs) enough. Their next album (laughs) is still not getting any. Wow. Let me explain the album art. They are sitting in what looks to be the back of a tour bus of some sort, of an old, rusty, empty tour bus. Uh, And it's just a band picture of them looking very emo-esque, 2000-ish. And that's that's basically it. They're doing nothing. It's kind of their version of the uh, Cranberries couch. Yeah, 
bus. <laughs> um, still not getting any. Uh, like that title. It's not bad. I'm going to give it a, probably a six. It's pathetic, really. Uh, <laughs> but I relate to it, so... <laughs> I'll give it an eight. (laughs) (laughs) That's relatable. That's problems we all have. (laughs) All right. Uh, I'm going to give this one a one uh, for the album art. Uh, Yeah. It doesn't do anything for me. It's very 2000s in the worst way where you're just like, oh. Yeah. I mean, at least. So emo and drab. The first one, at least they were doing movies looked this time where they're all blue and weird. Very bluish or teal. Matrixy. Yep. <laughs> uh, now let's let's think of the connection. Just let's break this down. It looks like they're still not getting any. <laughs> it's true. The bald guy's looking out the window, just looking for pussy, and he can't find any. <laughs> the pink one is looking outside, but like up towards the buildings, maybe the you know maybe uh, the clouds or something. Like I just <laughs> wish that Pierre would blow me. But nobody he's, does. He, he's kind of like almost in like a curled up fetal position where he's like, if we don't find any pussy soon, they're going to fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. The guy all the way to the right with the blue shirt on, he will be first. <laughs> the, unfortunately, the guy to the <laughs> The guy who's second, who's next to the lead singer, Pierre, secretly has already been first. (laughs) He he already got into that brown eye. And Pierre has this classic look on the face where he's just like, what part of that don't you understand? (laughs) Because my parents won't let me. Uh, I'm giving this a nine. Because <laughs> we really stretched the taffy. Sometimes you got to stretch it, and when it works, it just works. And this is the absolute case of every bit of this working. You know what? I'm not even going to argue. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> oh, my God. It's perfect. Nine it is. All right. Oh, God. This is fucking the worst speaking of perfect here we go we're gonna go with simple plans I hate all of this simple plans simple plan <laughs> so right away we know the title gets a one yep uh hold on let me get a good good <laughs> picture of this horrible meatball oh boy this is that this the is hair. simple plan i know this is when just fucking uh, hair went down the tubes <laughs> So 2008, this is after what we like to call the beginning of what is called the Bieber stage. What ended up happening was, for some reason, Bieber became very big. And so many people, I remember having the Bieber haircut. Um, This is towards the end of what is the emo slash punk slash pop punk craze. Um, I mean, it probably all basically crashed and burned around 2010. Uh, There was still some things coming out, but it wasn't a craze as basically the early to mid 2000s. Um, it looks they, like Pierre's trying to do like a double Bieber. <laughs> it's got two different swoops. <laughs> if there's one thing I was taught, you never do a double Bieber. Um, 
It's like wearing two condoms. It's less effective that way. Yeah, let's break down what this album looks like. So, yeah, you've you nailed it. Pierre's definitely doing the double B. We'll go to the left this time. Bald guy wearing scarf. Definitely not cold. Everybody else seems to be uh, dressing coldly. Maybe he is cold, but only his wearing throat. a Cosby sweater, so maybe it is cold. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He is wearing a Cosby sweater. Uh, guy next to that guy, very, very emo. That guy is the guy, <laughs> yeah. kind of guy who cuts his wrists. He did not leave 2003. He was, he was in it, and he's never going to leave. <laughs> oh, he left it in a body bag because he cut his wrists. <laughs> Uh, the guy to the far left, little brother. The guy to the far left, definitely Paul Rudd. Not sure how he got into Simple Plan, but <laughs> congratulations, Paul Rudd. I like your music. Um, he really never ages. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm gonna give it a one on the title. Uh huh. A one, definitely. I'm gonna give on it a one artwork. on the picture for sure. Now, I can't. It's this is one of those ones where we've brought it up before. Blink-182 did not get away with this, but because this is a self-titled album, and I am looking at Simple Plan, (laughs) unfortunately, it has to be a stupid full fucking 10. There's nothing that can change my mind. It's a self-titled album, which means the album's called Simple Plan. We have to now somehow combine the two, and unfortunately, there's nothing more simple than (laughs) making a fucking huh. a dumbass it is i mean can you not combine the two together is this I not see simple what you're plan? saying but also if you're gonna name something simple plan i'd rather just see like a picture of like a glory hole and a arrow that says put wiener here that would That's have maybe also plan. worked but this is simple plan i don't think we've ran into this where huh. they've done a self-titled album and it was just them but i feel like we've wow. talked about this before and this is Man. this is exactly what it is. Oh god damn, we're hoisted on our own petard this week. I guess I can't argue with that. <laughs> when you use facts. <laughs> you do think. I hate when you use facts. <laughs> that being said, we've got a brand new podcast format for everybody to listen to called the Government Bear Factory. <laughs> it's always spit. It's called Cleopatra coming at you. God damn it. <laughs> oh god alright well let's move on to something better I hope 2011 it's a good name it's a bad name get your heart on <laughs> I like it hearts on cause it's about boners <laughs> alright get your heart that's on that's all it takes for me now um, the album cover itself. It's a girl who looks like she should have been in the early 2000s with the <laughs> amount of posters that are on her wall. Yep. A lot of them. Nobody are had this many plan. simple plan posters in 2011. Not a single one of them. <laughs> Not a single human being. Uh, you can see down her shirt. That's already going to give me at least three points. Very, very nice. <laughs> She's probably like 14. She's not. She's definitely <laughs> so 23. That's points. 23. Um, you can tell she's 23 because her hands are decrepit Uh, so yeah uh, she's got a bunch of posters on the wall she's reading a magazine that says get your heart on and uh, that's basically it Uh, not a lot going on she's just laying in a bed with a bunch of posters Mm -hmm. on the wall reading hard ons Um, she's got some like Johnny Depp type uh, headphones (laughs) yeah 
That's it. Uh, the name itself, get your heart on. Now, this depends. And we're going to have to break this down. Get your heart on. Oh. If they were going for a funny name, this would get a mm-hmm. lot of points. I think they, I'm pretty sure that's what they did, considering the other ones were about not getting any and just balls and shit. <laughs> that's the problem that I'm going to run into here, because Simple Plan makes music that is very, very... I don't know. I can't really pinpoint exactly what Simple Plan's music is, besides the fact that them just trying to get their name outside of the home. Um, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if they were uh, going for funny. It feels I'm like I'm going to say they were because it seems like that's the way that things had been going. If this was like a serious band that had never done anything like that, I would be like, yeah, it's probably not. But. The first one was no pads, no helmets, just balls. <laughs> Come on. All right. I'll go with a seven then. I like that. It's the fractured butthole. <laughs> if you were doing video game titles, that would win. That is by far a ten. <laughs> um, The picture, I'm going to feel like to you this is too busy. This is very busy, but again, because of the boobage, I'm going to give it a four. Uh, yeah, that sounds fair. This one, uh, I like it, but I don't love it. I like the idea of the posters, though. That could be too busy, but the fact that maybe if it was like different bands other than just a bunch of simple plan ones, which I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense if that was the case, but... I don't know. It, it's very reminiscent. I do like that they're trying to make them look like other bands. Like, one of them clearly looks like a Beach Boys album. and Yeah. One of them, I think, is supposed to be the like Beatles. Backstreet Boys. But they're all, yeah, one's supposed to be like Beatles. The one up top kind of looks like a Ramones poster or something. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm still going to give it a four, though. Just below average. Yeah, that's fine. Just below average. Um, Get your heart on. I mean, it does show it in the magazine, but that's kind of just like putting the title on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, because, again, I don't know mm-hmm. what the fuck they're meaning by it. If they're, what it's referencing to. Even if it was funny, then give me if, give me a guy with a boner, then. Give me that. Yeah. I want to see it. <laughs> a guy who's doing jump rope for heart but with a boner. <laughs> with a giant package, just a bulge that we can all see. <laughs> no, it's just a chick laying on the bed. I'm going to give it a two. Yeah. There's a I picture mean, of a she, heart in the magazine. She hearts simple plan, I guess. Uh, Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. Two is about right. I do like their <laughs> singles uh, or maybe like a, a demo version that came out about two years after this. It's called Get Your Heart On. The second coming. Oh, see, how could you doubt that they're trying to be funny? I just, I didn't know. I, I did my best. <laughs> I was young and naive. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was holding it for a friend. Now, we're going to look at this album here, <laughs> which has the album title that <laughs> shouldn't be an album title, really. Um, <laughs> I've heard a few reviews on this album. This one is Taking One for the Team. A lot mm-hmm. of the reviews that I've heard was when I had to listen to this album, that's exactly what I had to do. Oh. So it's one of those clever. titles where it just kind of sets you up for failure. Like when I was doing like the sights and sound, just, you know, whatever acoustic stuff that I did, 
I wrote an out or I wrote it because I really like uh, those like big grand epic movies with like tornadoes and volcanoes and all that stuff. Um, so I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to name this CD Natural Disaster. And then I, I thought to myself, oh, no, all the reviews are going to come out and say this album was a natural disaster. Because <laughs> oh, everyone's always writing reviews of your albums. <laughs> That's what we're going to do one of these podcasts. We're going to review all of my albums from even yes. the early days. And we're going <laughs> to we'll do that next. Oh, my God. That'll be amazing. <laughs> it's too much of me. It's just too much Peter yeah. Jack. All right. Um, all right. Taking one for I the can team. see that. So that that hurts the name for sure. Yep. Um, and the album cover looks like they just won some kind of a sports team or a sports <laughs> game or something. They look like they're Peter on is clearly ejaculating champagne all over the place. Of Yes, of course. Um, <laughs> and the bald one is trying to slurp up that ejaculate. Um, <laughs> it's like a bukkake party just for him. <laughs> Um, All right, so taking one for the team. Uh, I'm going to give this a five. I'm going to give it an average. I think it's it's a good title. I just think it leads to just a lot of bullying. (laughs) Yeah, for that reason, I have to probably drop it to a four for me. That's fair. I know it's like naming your kid like fucking Dick Trickle. Like, you didn't think this was going to be a problem? <laughs> How did you not know? This is very true. Well, or Peter Jank. <laughs> My dad was clueless. <laughs> I don't know how. He is a man. He What's should wrong know. with naming my kid Fuckface? <laughs> I don't see how any kids could have a problem with that. Well, sir, your last name is Johnson. I mean, you can name your kid at least Fuck Johnson. <laughs> um, and I will. All right. <laughs> I like the album art with all the bukkake party. I do as well. Um, I'll give it an eight. I'm going to also, that's exactly where I was going to go. An eight yeah. for sure. Um, all right. Cool. Uh, the combination of the two. I have to say yes to this one. Yes to the dress. It's fairly strong. Um, even though they're all playing different sports. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> so that'd be a weird team, but... It is at least involving sports, so that's half the battle. And they could be taking one for the team uh, by drinking. <laughs> that bald guy definitely is. He's taking one to the face for yes, the team. Yes, he is. He's very impressed with everybody's massive explosions. <laughs> Can you blame the boy? Can you blame him? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to give this one an eight. Yep, I was thinking the same. All right. Bye-bye. Well, man, I thought they would have been higher. They were doing pretty well, I think. I guess that third CD kind of killed them. Yeah. Although they did get a 10. Uh, so average between the five albums of Simple Plan comes out to 5.5. Oh, wow. I thought they would have been higher, too. It's not too bad. Those ones brought them a horribly down. <laughs> yep. Got to figure it out, Simple Plan. Got to figure it out. Get your shit together. Stop naming albums after yourself. Don't you, do it. You farted in everyone's mouth to say. <laughs> Your rookie mistake. Farted in everyone's mouth. <laughs> All right. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, I guess let's get into uh, a little bit of news. You know, you said you had some uh, some things you wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a little bit of board game news and a little bit of video game news. So let's start off with the video games. <laughs> video games. Video, video, video games. 
Uh, so basically, uh, just recently, they have just released slash maybe re-release. I don't know. So Super Mario it's Maker Two has just been released. It is a fantastic game. It is very, very good. It is a great game. I had to get it because I really love the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just such a good game. I've made it definitely. Does it have all those other skins and everything? It does not, and that's the worst part about it. Um, oh. Everything else seems fine. Um, I really enjoy the game as a whole. I love making levels. I love trying to figure out new ways of like making either a, a level easy yet still fun or just a very difficult level but not overly difficult to where it's just rage quitting um <laughs> i like i like doing stuff like that but one of the cool things in the first one where it, uh if you played the normal game which i think was just like called 100 marios or whatever basically you just had 100 lives you just had to get through 10 levels that were like user created uh levels if you did that you would get a new skin that you can actually add to your levels. So basically, if I got a Sonic the Hedgehog skin... Now, I should also preface this by saying that these skins or these new costumes would only work in the Super Mario 1 game uh, theme mm-hmm. version of the game, which is not a big, it's not a big deal. I, I was okay with that. I, I don't really care. Uh, as, long, as long as I could change the skins, who gave a shit? Um, but the worst part was... is uh, Or not the worst part, but the best part was was unlocking these skins. You never knew what you were going to get, and it always just kept giving you like more more skins and you didn't know which skin you would get like all right you got sonic the hedgehog or uh pac-man or mega man all these different dudes it was just really really cool to see all that stuff but basically what you would do is it would be uh, what is called a mystery mushroom as soon as you got that mystery mushroom it would turn mega or uh, turn mario into whatever skin you decided to give it so in this case sonic the hedgehog the best part about this was is then you could try to make levels that were themed to those characters so you could try to make a Mega Man level uh, if you wanted to with all the different gadgets that you would get. And then to really emphasize that theme to the player who's playing it, of course, giving him the costume Mega Man. It's just like, oh, I get it. This is a Mega Man level. I remember playing one that was like a Pokemon level because you can get both all three. Actually, you can get Pikachu as well. You can get Pikachu, Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle. And the way you oh, nice. got those skins was playing through a Pokemon themed one where you actually had to somehow attack different uh creatures that were uh, goombas or whatever but they were in like all right this goomba was in a fire level once you beat that goomba then you would be able to get the charmander skin so everything was really cool and really well themed uh but unfortunately Ooh. that's not in this one and that that's the biggest <laughs> bummer um now they Damn. they did actually include some kind of an unlockable thing that you could get in the game but it's just different like shirts or pants or whatever for your your main character of the game which it's fine i guess um it's definitely not the same though but getting like different like shirts doesn't sound fun but like some of the shirts are like animated so it's like oh this this is like uh, a shirt with mario in the first mario level but you're actually watching the mario on your shirt run through the first mario level you're like oh that's kind of cool (laughs) That's nuts. Yeah, so some of the stuff is cool. It's fine, but I, I don't feel like it's as cool as the the skins. But the rest of the game is really, really great. The The creator just opens up a whole bunch of new stuff. They've included the sun from, like, I think it was Super Mario 3, where the Three, sun will yeah. actually chase you in the desert. So you've got the sun in here now, which is really cool. Oh, uh, they've they got, didn't have that in the last one? No, they didn't. Um, and surprisingly, there's a bunch of stuff in this one where it's just like, how the fuck was this not in the first one? That's surprising. <laughs> like the slopes, 
in the first one, or the slopes weren't in the first one, but in like the Super yeah. Mario 3, if you played, I think, the second level, you got those slopes where you just sit on your butt and you slide down and hit all the Goombas on the way down. Um, yeah. that, that's tons of fun, and slopes are now in this one, so that's really cool. Um, what else did they input in this one? Uh, oh, a big, huge addition, which is cool and kind of shitty, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Once you choose a theme, normally I'm just going to fly with the theme. Um, but one of the cool things that they included was the Super Mario Wii U version uh, theme. So now it's like even more 3D more 3D than the last 3D game that you could put in here. The only shitty thing is, is because that one has all these new effects and new like mechanisms and whatnot and costumes... You cannot go back and forth with like the first one or the Super uh, Super Nintendo one. It just oh yeah, uh, but it didn't really matter. It, it's not a big deal once you choose that theme. Then just fucking rock and rock with it. Then, um, hmm. but yeah, they included a ton of different like mechanics with that, with like clear pipes and different switches and new enemies. Like instead of a Bowser, there's a Meowser. So it's like this weird like cat version of Bowser, which is weird. Um, what? Yeah. I'd, Is your I'd, name in Banks? No, but uh, it's weird because in this version, there's a power-up that turns your Mario into a cat, just like the frog <laughs> costume or whatever uh, in, like, the third one. Uh, but this one's a cat. What does the cat have? You can climb walls. So you can do some really cool, like, stuff with that where you, you have, like, a, a level that's just a bunch of walls, and you can have this Mario climb up them. Um, but oh, at, I made one. the Spider-Man suit. Yes, uh, but <laughs> basically I made a level where uh, you got this costume and then you had to fight a Meowser at the end, so it's a like cat versus cat. It's a pretty oh, easy level, nice. but it's, it's really cool. I like the idea of it. <laughs> it's pretty high level. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> no, it's easy. It's easy, guys. It's easy. Uh, you ain't cool enough to get what I'm laying down. I think I, think I called it the Night with Binks or something like that. <laughs> Night on Binks Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I do like that stuff. Uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff in here. Um, they also included like a first player mode where you can unlock different stuff to do Peach's Castle with, I guess, or like build Peach's Castle or rebuild it, which unlocks stuff in the game, I guess as well. I haven't gotten into that yet cause I've just been making levels like I do, but yeah, uh, overall, I really had it. When I've, did come out? uh, it came out. Friday. I think I downloaded it Saturday. I played or I made one level on Sunday. Oh man, I just God damn it. <laughs> I just dunked my dirty paintbrush in my actual water cup. Oh no. Um that's nice. I don't know why I would do that. <laughs> Extra flavor. Um, it's like Mio. Gray. Um but yeah, it came I did one level on Sunday. And then that was just an easy one. That was the first one I made on the first one as well. So I was like, oh, we got to do it again. <laughs> um, and then today I played, I think it was like four hours, which felt like an hour and a half. And then I looked at the clock. I was like, holy shit. And then my, because uh, my switch was almost dead. I was like, how is this almost dead? Is it really draining my battery that bad? And then I realized that, uh, one, I didn't charge it from yesterday. And then two, it's, I was playing it for four hours. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Jeez. Well, it's a sign of a good game if it keeps you that engrossed. Oh, man, it did. And it will continue because i got some really cool ideas that I want to do again. But, yeah, Super Mario mm-hmm. Maker 2, super, super fun game. I really like it. I just wish they had the Amiibos in here. Uh, I guess they also entered multiplayer and co-op. I don't give a shit about that. 
I really don't care about Ooh. multiplayer or anything. Yeah, and there's apparently a co-op. I don't know why that's in here. There's never been a Mario game where you do co-op. And every yeah. reviewer is pooing on this. They're like, it just doesn't work. It's like, no, duh. No, duh, it doesn't work. Why, why would you expect it to work? <laughs> it's like, oh, you're just bouncing off each other. Just, you know, everybody's just dying. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's like what I expected. Um, yeah. It's just not some fun in the least. I do love playing other people's levels because some of them are just so cool. It's ingenious what they do. It's crazy because they, they got this new, like, switch kind of thing in here where you can, like, hit blocks and other blocks, kind of like the disappearing blocks from Mega Man. You can, they have something very similar to that in this game now, and it's so cool seeing what people are doing with this idea. Um, it's very neat. I uh, really enjoy it's this. Awesome. Um, but, yeah, Super Mario uh, Maker 2, very good. The board game that I want to talk about, which I have not talked about for some damn reason, I've painted all of them. Just finished the last <laughs> one. Oh, right now. Um, but yeah, I have not talked about Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea. Basically, this is Warcraft in a box. Have I talked about this or no? Uh, on the show, I don't think so. Well, I know I definitely talked about it, not on the show, like an animal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically, this is like Warcraft the game, the old school Warcraft, where it's like humans versus orcs. And you're building an army, upgrading buildings to build new heroes, to upgrade the heroes, and all that fun stuff. You got some workers going out trying to collect resources. You collect those resources, and then you build some better shit. The aim of this game is very similar to Warcraft. The coolest part about this, though, is instead of just humans and orcs to choose from, there are nine different factions from elves, humans, orcs, uh, dwarves, the undead, lizard people, goblins, merfolk, I don't know. The list goes on. Um, just a ton Lumpers. of different factions that you can choose. Once you choose that faction, then you're going to try to build your buildings, get some cool uh, heroes out there. And the objective of the game is it's, uh, it's a 4X style. The cool thing about this is, is 4X basically stands for Explore, Expand, Exploit, and Exterminate. You don't have to do all of those. You will be doing them. But once you've completed one of them, so once you've explored all of the tokens or you've expanded all of your army, basically just getting all of your army out onto the board or exploited all the lands with all of your buildings all over the place or exterminating another player, that's the trigger for the end game condition. We finish that round up, then we count all of our points. Whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins. Of course, if you're playing a two-player game and I exterminated Kevin... Well, he doesn't even have any points. He's just dead. He he did not have good things going on for himself. But um, I played this once. I love this game. I absolutely love this game. It's got a solo mode. I've just, like I said, I just finished painting the last of these minis. I'll be doing a solo mode here very soon since now all of this is done. Um, I've included, uh, they they have this really cool expansion where you can basically have these like nomads that wander on the board and stuff like that. Um, I didn't like all the mechanisms that they have, so I want to try out what is called, uh, in my in my words, the slave expansion where they're basically natives of the land. And because I'm encroaching on their land, like the Americans to the native people, um, I'm going to turn them into the slaves uh, so they can stop (laughs) stealing from my land. uh, Game that tells it like it is. Yes. Um, But yeah, uh, I'm really excited to play solo. I'm really excited to play this more. Um, this is the only game I've ever painted. I've never painted anything in my life, and I'm not saying that I painted these very well, but I will agree with the oh, one guy great. that I've heard. 
a painted mini is better than a non-painted mini and it absolutely these these things look cool whether or not i did them well enough i think they look badass they're just really cool looking man mm-hmm. it's got me wet in my pants <laughs> um but yeah why am i so wet that's a video game and the board game of the week really really excited with all that stuff it's just cool cool yeah i likes it you got anything to add uh, well, I guess uh, we should talk a little bit. We're just days away now from the, the big premiere of Stranger Things Season oh, yeah. 3. Uh, coming out this Thursday, right? Uh, yes, on July 4th. I'm going to see <laughs> what I could possibly do. I know Saturday I've got some plans, but I'm going to see... Uh, I'm going to have to talk to Carol because I know she wants to watch it too. And I think we wanted to watch it together, so I'm going to have to see what I can possibly do to make that happen uh, <laughs> this weekend because I really want to seize it. Yeah, I'm probably just going to be doing that all Thursday. Just sit here and plow through them all. Damn. Don't tell me anything, because I definitely am not watching it Thursday. <laughs> so I think I'm going to watch they fireworks. They all got AIDS and died. Honestly, I'm not going <laughs> to lie, though. Unless they've recorded more, I don't, I, I don't know all the, the, the stuff in this. But unless they've actually recorded... Oh, shit. I still got to paint that. Um... The like maybe because I heard that they were going to do more seasons mm-hmm. unless they recorded that shit. I don't want to see it. They're not even kids anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see how much they've done already, I guess. The they black kid's kids, got a I goatee. Just, yeah, I saw him. He looks weird now. He's got a goatee. That's not a kid. Yeah. That's a, He's a man. He's stealing things now. He's somewhat still kid size, but he's really trying to age himself, which I don't think is a good idea. <laughs> don't think that works. Uh, I'm angry with it. Yeah. All right. So what are we what are we doing with this idea instead of being angry? Well, with it? I just wanted to uh, kind of figure out where we thought this season was going to go. Where do you think they're going to end this season at? It's hard to tell because, like I said, I think they're doing more uh, of the seasons after this one. I think they said they wanted to do five. That was the the plan, was to go for five seasons. So I kind of feel like definitely after last season ended on, like, a happy note, I'm sure this one's going to end on, like, like a bummer. That would be my guess. I think this one's going to end with a huge cliffhanger where we're not going to know everything that's going on. Oh, Um, I think that that's where it's going to be. Now, I don't know what the cliffhanger is. I know in the trailer that I saw, they had a huge, giant, like, laser ray gun. Uh, I don't know what to think of that. (laughs) I don't know how they get that, exactly. It's getting into far-fetched territory here. Um, But, I mean, I could see how they can get one. I don't know what it's doing, if it's opening (laughs) a portal. But, I mean, they have the scientists. It looks like the scientists are actually running this giant thing, so... I'd imagine that's yeah, probably Paul Reiser doing. made it, I guess. Yep, he's still alive, so very possible. Um, it could be. Do you think anyone like major will die this season? Whoo! I kind of feel like this is the season they have to. Jonathan. So far, they've made it without doing that. <laughs> I think it'll you be think Jonathan. Jonathan's going to die. Yeah, which sucks because out of the two guys, I don't want it to be Jonathan. I'd rather I like him better than. Uh, Oh, man, what's the other? Steve? Oh, Steve? Yeah. Honestly, like, I like Steve now. I hated him that first season, but oh, no, he's I, probably one of my more favorite characters. Yeah, no. Yeah, I like Steve now as well. Um, he was very much like, oh, man, what's his face? Um, Twilight Boy. 
I can't remember his name for some fucking oh, reason today. Oh, uh, Robert Pattinson? Yeah. He reminded me very much of Robert Pattinson that very first season, just like that, oh, you got to be the, the quiet, cool, preppy kid. But um, I've always, He's like, just like a douche. He was more like fucking Johnny and then like a uh, karate kid and shit like that. We're just like a, you know, douchey boyfriend. Yeah. We're just like, why is she with this guy? But in the second season, he really became more of like a fleshed out character. And he really just was seemed like a good dude, always helping out and trying to protect these kids. Yeah, no, I, I like him better in the second season for sure. I just think that I, I like Steve or uh, Jonathan a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, I definitely want the, you know, the sister to keep going out with Jonathan, but I do like Steve as a character. Yes. I agreed. want him to be around. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why I think Jonathan will die. Do you think the four main kids make it out of this entire series? Out of the whole series? I think yeah. out of all of them, I'm going to say no. I think Will's finally going to bite the dust at some point. I think Ooh. there's going to be something where, unfortunately, because Will was in the Upside Down for so long, that there's just nothing that they're going to be able to do for him. Damn, that would suck. I kind of feel like Will will be safe for a good while now since they've spent so much time with him being the one always, you know, messing around with this stuff. Like, I feel like now they're going to give him a break. And I kind of feel like he's safe for at least a little bit. Maybe by the end of the show, they'll have to do something with him. But I feel like this season, especially, they'll have to give him a break. I hope so. I kind of feel like one of the main kids is going to die by the end of the show. I don't know if it'll be this season. Who do you think is going to die? Seem like, uh, honestly, I, would, I think probably Dustin is probably the most likely. I think that's just because you hate Dustin, but I really don't think Dustin's no, going to go anywhere. Yeah, see, I think it's him because you can't kill the black kid or everyone will be like, this show's racist. <laughs> yeah, but like killing so Dustin off, safe. I think I think what's going to end up happening is because he's beyond your beyond what you I, I know you're not a big fan of Dustin, but he, I think, is like the Daryl of this fucking show. Like killing him is like <laughs> killing Daryl. Like everybody right? loves that kid, except for I That's... know that you're going to bring up the Netflix thing, though. No, no. What I'm actually saying is. That that's, I think, why they would do it is because people like him so much. It's like killing Glenn on The Walking Dead. <laughs> Glenn's like Mike, though. Well, I can't I, you can't kill Mike, at least not at this point, maybe by the end of the show. But, you, you know, they want to keep the him and Eleven storyline going. So I would think Mike is safe for a while from at least being killed. He might, you know, disappear or something for a while. But um, I would think he, they're not going to kill him yet because they got to keep the him and Eleven storyline going. Oh, that's so true. you can't kill the black kid. You can't kill Mike. They're probably not going to kill Will for at least a while because he's been through so much already. So that kind of only leaves Dustin. <laughs> uh, so I would maybe. think if you want to have a death that makes a lot of impact that's probably the one you kill off, but I don't know if you would do that yet. It kind of feels like season three is kind of about the time you do that. So then that like, maybe that drives everyone apart and then you spend season four. I'm, I'm by the way, I'm hoping this doesn't happen because this is, would not be my favorite is where like they spend season four where everyone's like all, you know, upset and they're not like hanging out anymore and they're not friends and they have to spend all season four trying to get them back together. Cause I, I kind of feel like that's what a lot of shows do. <laughs> as they get towards the end. And then you finally have the big reunion where they're all back together. And then you finally get the final season where they're all united again. But I hope they don't do that. Cause I, I like seeing them all together and I don't want that to happen. I don't think that That's will just happen. Kind of, uh, I think max is going to be a huge part with them this time. She's going to obviously be brought in 
with a lot more information, and she's going to be more or less more part of the team. I do not think they're going to be a huge split up. Now, whether or not if there is a split up, that I definitely could see that, but I don't think there's going to be a split up that lasts the entire season. I think there's going to be I hope. more or less with Max being more part of the group this time. It seems like she's playing more of a part in a lot of the interviews anyways. Um, so I can't yeah. see them being really split up that much because without the group, there's really no max. I mean, I don't think that'll happen. Like I said, I would think that would happen at the end of this season going into season four. So season four, there would be them all kind of on their own and not really hanging out. And then they have to get back together by the end of season four. And then by the time season five starts, things are normal again. <laughs> Ugh, I hope that never happens. I know. I'm just, I've watched a lot of TV. <laughs> and that kind of seems to be the arc a lot of shows do. Um, but I'm hoping they don't do that. I could also see, you know, they've obviously gotten this season. It looks like the, uh, the older brother, the asshole brother guy, uh, the kid from Power yeah. Rangers, like he seems like he's possessed by something. So I'm kind of wondering if maybe they'll have Mike by the end of the season get possessed by something so that they can, you know, basically pull him away from 11 so that now he's the big bad that they got to fight the next season and they got to somehow find a way to get the thing out of him just so you can pull them apart again. So you can eventually have the big reunion where they get back together. Oh yeah, maybe that, that I can kind of see uh, the one thing that I'm kind of depressed on that I didn't really get too much. And maybe they do it a little bit more, but the one thing I always really liked what they did was every single, uh, season, the big bad was named something from the D and D universe. The oh, first yeah. one was the Demi Gorgon. The second one was the Mind Flayer. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that again, and I'm going to be very depressed if they don't. <laughs> I kind of feel like they almost have to at this point. I hope so. It's like so built into the show that I feel like it'd be hard not to. I hope they do that. Um, another thing that I think might happen with the season is a little bit more of the Eleven. Uh, meeting up with more of the numbers. Yeah. Which I'm not completely fond on. I, I like I the mean, idea of it. I didn't like that it. episode last year where it was all that. But if you fold those characters into the rest of the group and have them all meet up and have to go on an adventure together, exactly. I think I'm a lot more into it. Yes, that I would be down with. That sounds fun. That sounds cool. And I'm completely okay with that. Yeah. Because um, I like the idea of there being other numbers, especially with other ones that have different powers and stuff. That just yeah. sounds cool to me. Um, that is I, a great idea. I just don't want there to be another whole episode where she runs away. It just wasn't my favorite episode. Yeah, I agree. Like, that would, would have been better if they had spread that out over more episodes, I think, and kind of had it being more of a running thing instead of just, here's this whole episode with this storyline. I mean, at least it got it out of the way sooner, I guess, but... I was just like, I don't care about this one. <laughs> Where's the characters I want to see? Yeah, I think, oh, man, I'm kind of, actually, to think about it, I'm glad they did it in one episode because I hate multiple storylines. And because yeah. that whole episode was basically just that, I was I, I was okay with that. Um, I hate when I have to, like, oh, they go from Will uh, dicking around with his mom and then, oh, okay, Mike is with uh, Eleven and Dustin's with the black kid trying to hit on Max and all this other stuff. And now we go into Nancy and Steve. Jonathan's in the background with a camera. Ouija Borden to Barbara. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's just too many stories. And then we go to, to uh, the sheriff, and it's like, what the fuck is going on? 
That's why I don't like. I, I can never watch uh, Game of Thrones because I heard that there's nothing but storylines, and yeah. I don't want that. I like to know. I, I like just the characters and watching those characters together progress. I don't want to see all of the characters taking poops. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, see, that's. I would have loved if Walking Dead did more of that, where it was switching between storylines. Instead, it's like, here's a whole episode of Tara that you won't care about. Yeah, no, I agree. That, that's <laughs> like, I would rather see a tiny bit about Tara and then move on to somebody else. Are you still watching that show? Are you like a closet no. Walking Dead? No, I gave up. <laughs> After they got rid of Rick, I was definitely like, yeah, fuck this. I'm not watching anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's dumb. I wonder if the Talking Dead's still on. I think I saw online yesterday that it was coming back. I guess they're not doing it for all of the Fear of the Walking Dead episodes, probably because no one watches it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I figured Fear of the Walking Dead would not get Talking Dead. Because nobody's talking about They used about to, it. I think. But really? No. I think so. There's no way it was Chris Hardwick then doing it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, my God. Like, Chris Hardwick would do anything there. Like, I think even when Walking Dead wasn't on, they still gave him just a show called Talking, where it was more like a talk show. Jesus. <laughs> just so they could keep the shit going. Because an animal. But, yeah, I am looking <laughs> forward to this season. It's the only show that I actually watch, basically, unless it has to do with Gordon Ramsay. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm really yeah, excited. I'm, I'm very to see excited. Um,. It's like that. I tried rewatching the uh, the last two episodes of the last season. I haven't finished the last one yet, but I'm trying to uh, remember exactly where things all left off. <laughs> yeah, we started rewatching all of the season two, and I'm kind of glad because I remember the later episodes. I don't remember the beginning of it and how all that started, but it was kind of good to get that at least that refresher. I'll probably end up watching maybe uh, the last couple just again tonight, just to kind of reacquaint myself with those last last few scenes. Yeah. And Bob. Oh, Bob. <laughs> Poor Bob. All he wanted to do was love. <laughs> I forgot, like, that last scene where he's just like, he finds Winona Ryder and like, oh, hey, Bob, great, you're okay. And then the thing comes through the door. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, Bob. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, Bob, I love you. Yeah, that was crazy. Crazy times. Alrighty. Well, we got anything else? Uh, I don't think so. I think we've right. hit our quota for the week. I think so, too. Sweet. Well, I want everybody to have a great 4th of July. This episode probably won't air until next weekend, so I hope you guys had a good <laughs> 4th of July. Um, hope you all still have your fingers when you hear this. All none of you. So, that's good. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well... This has been another great and amazing podcast from the original Janksters. I'm Peter Jank. That's Kevin Jank. And as always, remember to flip that tip and say hello to Grandma. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Battle plan. Lisa needs breaks. Battle plan. Lisa needs breaks. Battle plan. Lisa needs braces. Battle plan. Lisa needs braces.